I did think of Swamp when he said, let's get it poppin'. Good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you listen to this, and welcome to, uh, I mean, is Kansas City the center of the football world right now? I don't know, I don't know. we'll see. Uh, you tuned into another episode of It's a Black and White Thing, I'm your host, A1. Um, as always, you can go to soundcloud.com backslash brains and bars to check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing. Um, you can also check us out on iTunes, on Spotify, on Anchor on google Podcasts, all by searching hashtag brains and bars you can follow us on all social media by well not ig but on twitter and facebook go to go search at brains and bars you'll find the it's in black and white thing podcast page as well as our twitter profile shout out to everyone who has showed up uh, on our uh, facebook fan page we've gotten a lot of traffic since uh, we've gotten some uh some things put out clips speaking of as always we're here in the humble ones abode we appreciate you b you can support my man b by going to his uh youtube profile puss in boots gaming the fives are the s's are fives he's got a new video up called these kids are up to no good paul myra orphanage gameplay number three and those clips that allowed all of you to join um our facebook fan page was shot by the homie cotton he is part of Cotton Made Media. You can follow him on Instagram by searching Cotton Made Media. Or if you want him to shoot some things for you, you can hit up him at booking at Cotton Made. Did I get that right? Booking at booking Cotton Made at gmail.com. You know, so uh, that's the team. That's the crew. As always, I don't do this show by myself. I'm joined by my homie, my ace, A-Ward. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I just want to emphasize one more time that this is your show, bro. This is your show, and I am just an innocent bystander that enjoys talking sports. I'm just a co-host. I don't drive any kind of traffic or anything, man. This is this is you, bro. Bro, listen. I don't. I, first, I am securing myself. Okay. So I don't. I don't. You know. I don't need you to defend me in that way. Uh, <laughs> shout out to. Uh, you know. I'm gonna say his name. Shout out to Reaper Rail, man. No dis. No. No disrespect. You know. Um, Maybe if the if the winds blow a certain way, we'll talk about it off the air. Maybe if the winds blow a certain way, you know, uh, we'll have you on the show. Um, you know, much much love, much respect to you and what you do. I cannot do what you do in terms of battle rap. So much respect to you and your craft and your skill. And I hope you have lots of success. I just felt. I mean, I mean, I don't. Like, obviously, you guys, the the, the listeners, have not um, been around me for the last twenty five to thirty five minutes. So you know, I'm in this weird bar heavy mode tonight. You know what I mean? So I just felt like it was a good time to mention Reaper Rail, and now we'll get back to it's a black and white thing, all right? <laughs> so um, <laughs> my name is Award. You can follow me at IamAward.com. Hit all my social media hyperlinks. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, whatever it may be. Appreciate you guys listening. It's good to be here. It is good to still be talking about football at this month. Um, it is good to still have a um, team to follow at yeah, this yeah. point in time, and I believe that the city of Kansas City would agree with me. So, I think it's gonna be a good show. And uh, how you doing, man? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good, you know, living. Um, you know, this is uh, I wouldn't 
this is a special occasion for me, and we'll get a little bit into more of that as we get deeper into the show um, because of football. Um, but before I don't want to prolong the time and continue to talk about myself, I also want to introduce and welcome uh, to the show uh, Jarvis. Uh, welcome, sir. Welcome, sir. Be easy. Um, part of the Connects, you know, I almost said Christian. Kansas City Battle Rap, you know what I'm saying? Just had a dope event, Crucial Conflict. Four. Right. Um, also, quick promo: is the uh, VOD still up on? The VOD is still up. So if you um, go to get the iBattle app, iBattle um, TV, iBattle TV app, you can go online and purchase, or go on the app and purchase a two for one special. They have A Ward versus Chef Trez and Ice Cold and Saint Mike right. for five four ninety nine. you get both battles listen I was there in person the event was dope those two battles that was co-main event they are fire go check them out I went and got the iBattle app subscribed um, enjoying the content there and like I said those two battles are dope so welcome sir glad to have you appreciate it and I just want to say um, I believe we'll leave that up it'll come down on the 1st so whenever you're listening to this February 1st those will no longer be available I think we're going to pull it and then shortly thereafter we might release it to the public dope dope now if you want to see it early Go to iBattle TV. Listen, man, you out. won't be you won't be disappointed. Like not. for real, go and check it out. And don't sleep on. I know Saint Mike has a name. Um, Ice is rising, trying to rise up through the ranks. Like, don't sleep on that battle. That battle was if, super dope. If you like the 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 words, the, just the the very bar heavy part of it, that that battle was actually really beautiful. Absolutely. And what like you know what what those two guys were doing, and I'm glad both of them decided to do. What they did that night. That, I that do. Ice night. Cold said, "Just look at the bright side of my hand yeah, while like, I slap this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's ice, one of my favorite bars yeah, I ice, heard. <laughs> ice Cold is very, very, very creative, man. I, yeah, yeah. He, absolutely. He, he goes to a special pace place when he writes yeah, he his does. stuff. I, I, I believe that. Absolutely. So that's the crew tonight, man. Um, so as always, if you are. Uh, listening to us for the first time, welcome. We always start off the show after the introductions with what I've learned this week. I've learned a lot this week because it's been a busy week. Um, we were out of town this weekend. Actually, you know what? Before I get there, I'm, I'm going to get there. So let me just jump into it. What I've learned this week. LSU. LSU just won a national championship over Clemson. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Coach O. You know, as a, as a native uh, Louisiana, shout out to the state of Louisiana. I know you guys are excited um, being from there. LSU always has a soft place in my heart. So, um, so congrats to the Tigers. Uh, but, you know, they are in the penthouse right now. But by the time the college football season starts next year, they might be back in the projects. They might be back in the PJs. Why am I saying that? Because party's over. Everybody gone. And they done kicked it. They done smoked the cigars. They done slapped officers behinds. And now the confetti's been cleaned up and they on their way out the door. Why am I saying that? Because... Uh, Joe Brady, the next day after the national championship, took an offensive coordinator job with the Carolina Panthers. He was the guy who brought in this, you know, offense from the Saints that got this offense then kicked off. Dave Aranda out the door. He's now in the Big 12 as the head coach of Baylor, replacing Matt Rule, who went to uh, Carolina. Joe Burrow, obviously his eligibility's up. He's out the door. Clyde Edwards-Elair is out the door. Um, 
Jordan Jefferson. Is it Jordan Jefferson? He's Justin. out there. Justin Jordan Jefferson. was his older brother. Jamar who Chase. Also, Jam- no, he, no. Jamar not Chase will be. Yet. Yeah, he'll be next only year. A sophomore? He's only a sophomore. Only a sophomore. He's going to be really good. Grant too. Delpit's out the door. Yeah. Um, like, basically, any of their, most of their big names have declared for the NFL and their eligibility is up. And, you know, Coach O has done a great job of building that staff, of getting that those coaches in to take care of the thing and playing that CEO role. But with all the talent that's left, with all the coaches that's left, it's hard to rebuild that. And I don't see how LSU is going to be able to defend that championship. I still year. think they win the SEC West. Really? Nah. Really. They have, the, uh, man, they have the Bolitnikoff winner returning. Yeah. That's Jamar Chase. Gotta and then the they're, they're, two, they're two running backs that they have, in my opinion, are better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Right. Yeah. John, John Emery Jr., you'll, you'll hear about him. You'll okay. hear about him. Okay. John, okay. John Emery Jr. What about yeah. Mac yeah. Jones? Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm saying there. And, I mean, I, I can't sit here and say I do know who they'll have yeah. uh, pulling the trigger back there as their quarterback, but I do – feel like their surrounding parts defensive line or offensive line and then oh i didn't even mention Derek stingley he's like hey he's, he a he, bad boy he's a, only a freshman he's a bad bad man i don't think their defense is going to be in really bad shape and i honestly think their offense will be it'll probably be more run heavy yeah than without you know without <laughs> joe burrow but i think they have two stud running backs okay i'll say this much i also think that it, it the SEC West doesn't have a team that's necessarily like that has takeover capability. You know, like Alabama's not. It's gonna be Bama. You know, I mean, that's, it's gonna be Bama and LSU, but you don't have Auburn returning. Bo Nix, I don't believe. Why not? No, Bo Nix is not. I think he's, he's I a think freshman. Bo Nix, the quarterback. Was a freshman? No, bro. He's a yeah, true I freshman. Say, I say he he's a, a true freshman. freshman. Yeah, he's a freshman. Absolutely. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think Auburn. Auburn will be right. Yeah, there. Bo Auburn Nicks, might be the favorite coming in. They lost, but they lost. They lost a lot of uh, a lot of good talent like, on the like defensive D, line. D line. They're losing. Line. Yeah, they're losing a lot on the D line. So we'll see how that affects them. But yeah, Bo Nix is absolutely a true freshman. That story was told a bunch of times. Yeah, while they played. almost at nauseum. I'm pretty sure. I was thinking Bo Nix was like a graduate transfer. Nah, nah. His father played there. I'm, I'm surprised you did not hear that story. I mean, it was re- he got shot. Patrick got <laughs> so much FaceTime during the season. I'm surprised you didn't see that. All right, well, Nick's that statement. Hilarious. Um, let's see. A&M. No. Eh, no. No. Um, Arkansas just picked up Felipe Ju- Franks. Oh, well, I guess. Well, Wait, he went to Arkansas? Arkansas yeah, just yeah. picked up Felipe Franks. I thought he went to grad- another school. Nah, he was considering KU. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. And he went out and visited with Les Miles. See, and I stuff, thought he actually said he committed. I mean, okay. I just saw like a day or two ago where Arkansas he gave him, picked he up. He gave him the old Jamar Chase pump fake. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, KU thought they had Jamar Chase too at one point. Yeah, they time, did. So. Jeez. Oh, man. Um, but outside of that, yeah. Auburn, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, in the, oh, in Arkansas, they're what? They're, t- they're in the East. Right. They're in the West. They're in the West. They're in the West. Yeah, yeah. they're so trash. You think they're, they're in the East? Yeah, right, right. right. So yeah. I feel like maybe Georgia will be the what do you mean overall. So trash. The East is better than the West next year. Maybe no. Georgia's still in the listen, West. Listen, it's a lot of time to go. Georgia's in the East. East. Oh, they're, 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 you're right. Yeah, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. Stop, That's the line. Stops there. That's the line. Oh, six game winning streak. By the way, that was bars. Y'all just gonna y'all just gonna hold up, hold up. Y'all just gonna just just glance over my my bars. George, Georgia, Florida. That's the line. The group. Oh, Come on now. Yeah, see, but you yeah. went. You, you had you, to run it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's me. Nah, it's me. Beloved. Look, beloved. Look, <laughs> we was going to have to catch that one on cam, bro. All right. It's he'll healthy. He'll get it on cam. It's healthy. But, you know, you know, but yeah, but we'll see what six happens. Six game win streak, Tennessee. 
Yeah. All right. So, cool. You know, cool. That's not the line. All right. All right. So we'll we'll see what happens with the SEC next year. Um. So. What I was getting ready to get into before I jumped into my college football talk is we were out of town this weekend, um, Guardians of the Culture, Orlando, Florida, Cold War event, um, dope event, fun event. Guardians of the Culture is a relatively new battle league on the scene, and um, they got some bread. They got some bread to throw around because they're booking some high-profile names and matches. And speaking of high-profile names and matches, just announced today, two-on-two going down, Geechee. B dot versus Loso and A Ward, um, two on two taking place in New Jersey in early March. So I'm saying, and K Shine versus Big Cannon also uh-huh. announced. So they've got some bread to throw around. They got some money. They, you know, so shout out to them. But dope event, and you know, I am fairly new to battle rap, and so you know, I always have these ideas. Shout out to all the dope people we met down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got to meet Direct for the first time. Shout out to Steve. Nice. Uh, from Rap Grid. Um, who else did we meet? I got to have a quick interaction with Holmesy the God. Yeah. Um, Kick it with Sharon. Sharon, mad cool. Mad cool dude. Um, of Wild and Out fame? Of yeah. Wild and Out fame, <laughs> yes. Yes. That Corey Sharon. Yeah. Um, and so, um, dope event. Had a good time, man. But I got, I just got a few things, hopefully. And I'm going to tweet at y'all once this comes out. I'm like, yo, go to this mark of the, of the podcast. Uh-huh. Check it out. Check out the whole thing. Feel free. But come here. So, First thing, Guardians of the Culture. Talk to us. Just because you have 10 battles does not mean you need to book 10 battles. <laughs> um, this event was mad long. I think it was 10 battles, either some 9 or 10. Started at 5, did not end till 1 in the morning. Um, and I have to give them a little bit of credit because they got through these battles in about the same time it takes URL to get through 6. So that's just something to consider there. They were moving at a brisk pace, but it's just too many battles. And by the end of the night, you have battlers leaving because they're ready to go home. We've already battled. You have fans leaving because they're tired. Um, B Magic and Don Marino were the last battle on the card. And the battle before them, as soon as it finished, you saw B Magic like power walking into the room because he's like ready to get this show he didn't in the road. Forget his bars. Then oh come on! Hey, Magic was good though. He was his rounds were short, but he was really good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. But my <laughs> statement, I said what I said. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, the sweet spot is five, maybe six. Six battles uh, tops. Um, you know, it, I get it if you might have some local cats who are trying to get on, trying to make a name for themselves. I would say if you want to have that many battles, get a day two. Right, find a small venue, tell those cats to promote, get their people out there. You know, take some of those battles from lower tier battles from day one, put them as day two as main events. Have have your people promo, sell tickets, get people out, and you know, incentivize. Yo, best performance from you local guys gets a little bit of extra cash on the back end or something. Incentivize this, push those guys to be better. But yo, ten battles is too much, my mm-hmm. G. Like that's just it's especially if they're all three rounders. Um, so you mean that might be the probably the only negative from the event from my end. Um, the positives though, man, they had food there and water. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like yo, <laughs> the like, bare essentials. <laughs> yeah, like, listen, <laughs> yo, they had oxygen and air conditioning. <laughs> no, and there was a roof over us. <laughs> I don't think you understand. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Like when you don't, when you at these events for six, seven, eight hours, the, you, those oh, things matter. Yeah. Those things matter immensely. Ask Mathafa. Food matters. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? They had some people there who were cooking up some food that you had to pay for. Had water. I would say, look, if y'all can find some food trucks, find some people who can come out, you can partner with, show up, get some food while they're hungry, post up for a few hours, have them come through a rotation, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's my thing on that part. 
Um, yes, sir. You getting ready to say something? No, 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 no. All right. I'm gonna keep it rolling. Uh, work with that local talent, man. Um, try to get these. And here's the thing: it's Orlando. It's a destination city. It's a hub for a lot of different places for playing. So you can do a nationwide call. Like, look, we having a, a talent search. You know, top winner uh, bullpen does this all the time with their top bull series and um, tryouts. Yo, come be down with our league. Try to cultivate talent. Shout out to iBattle, by the way, who I feel has done an incredible job of finding talent, cultivating that talent, um, helping that talent be the best they can be. And you're starting to see these guys on KOTD, on uh, URL, make names for themselves and make moves. So find those local guys from across the country. Get them out to your league and cultivate. Because while you do got this bread, man, listen, all I'm going to tell you is this. When these ballots know you're giving out the bag, they're going to show up. These top tiers, and they may not always give you top tier performance for the price that you're gonna that you're gonna charge that they're charging for. So take those local guys or take these guys from across the country, build up a roster, and then go from there, man. I would advise you to hook up with uh with Lex and just talk to him. I mean, because I like I said, you got money because you booking names. Talk to him if you're really serious about being a guardian of the culture and growing and growing within this brand, within this culture. Last thing. Find a way to market to women. We were talking about this over the weekend. You got it. That is the untapped market source within Battle Rap that is not being reached right now. And I know, Debo, listen, you got Queen of the Ring. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about these leagues where it's mostly male battlers going on. Very Either no females or maybe one or two females on the card. Find a way to make this marketable for women. Um, and, for, and make a space where they feel like they want to be there. And one way to do that is not by having eight nine hour events by the way um but make it so that they can come out and feel comfortable within your spaces and enjoy battle rap because that is an untapped market space and a, and a growth potential for battle rap if done correctly um, well, there's a handful of women there i mean I, yeah, I, I, I would say more than a handful actually. more than a handful what's absolutely. better than a handful of women <laughs> two handfuls. <laughs> <laughs> facts facts no there was um it had a good um a good little turnout um as far as um, representation on the female side at the Guardians of the Culture event, but I'm with you on that. Like you know, most most uh, women are, are there with their guy because they mm. drug them out there, uh, not drug them out. You know, they made them come. Made said them, that they wasn't a, that wasn't a bar. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a bar. Yeah, no, no. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, but I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, I also believe that this event that we had was not. Like it wasn't. A, it was an all ages event because I think I saw. I looked like I saw some people that were a little under eighteen and they're twenty one too as well that were there, uh, which put a different dynamic on it. But that's the sweet spot as yeah. a, as a league owner yeah. and someone who tries to get people out to these events. Yeah. All ages is what you ideally want. If you can get that venue and get that going, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't change that. I yeah. know that the age dynamic is kind of yeah. sometimes it can be you know, but that's I mean another. Just market, yeah. That you know, it would be market. interesting to see a league incentivize rappers to to not be profane, because like all all ages, in order to reach those kids and get them into battle rap, obviously they're going to run into the more you know profane and violent stuff later. But if you can find a way to be creative and appeal to those kids to get them into that into that into battle rap, I don't know. That's a good idea. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. I mean, that's what we like when we're looking for venues. That's kind of what. I'm not. No. I'm not with the incentivizing lack of profanity, because I think what you want is you you want like the 16 to 21 age. I don't think you really want anything Younger under 16. Than, yeah. You know what I mean. And I so anybody that's 16 and up can pretty much handle 
what we say in battle rap, right. whether yeah, they I'm, should or not. I'm I'm wondering um, here locally to kind of get on that real quick. I want to say Malachi Majestic's son and, and 50 58 Names' son are, are going to battle, battle each other, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they're like about 13, they're 13 or 14. Or 14. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe 15, but yeah. I. I'm, that's one of the more interesting local battles that I I, I just want to see what that's going to be like. I, I'll, I'll go for I, I that. I will watch it, yes. Yeah, I will I'll, watch I'll go it. for that. And this is how dudes, like, I'm 37. I'm, like, one of the oldest guys in battle rap because everybody's been doing this since they were 10. Um, so, and that's how these dudes end up being 25, headlining gnome. 15 yeah. because they started when they were 13 right, or 14. Right. I'm, I'm just interested right. to see like what are they going to say to each other? Right. Are they? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's such a weird dynamic because there's no way I'm rapping in front of my dad like what I want to say to you right. <laughs> like right. at that age like yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um uh, that's funny. To keep it moving, last thing I've learned uh this week. Um so, you know, it's been a really good run for your boy. You know what I'm saying? Um I I've been on fire. And I just want to pat myself on the back because ain't nobody else going to do it. So I might as well, you know, congratulate myself. So what am I talking about? I predicted the Titans would beat the Ravens in the divisional round. I predicted the Chiefs would beat the Texans by at least three scores. I missed the margin of victory for the Chiefs and the Titans by one point. I said they were going to win by a minimum of 10 when all my Chiefs fan friends were panicking saying, man, I don't want to see the Titans. I'm afraid of Derrick Henry. I said, bro, y'all ain't got nothing to worry about. Y'all are going to beat this team. You, you are better than this team. It's like a comedy to errors to screw it up. This will not happen again. LSU uh, and Clemson, I said, I thought I said by at least two touchdowns. I don't know if I did two touchdowns or three. I was close in either regard. I've had a great, great, like, three weeks predicting stuff. I'm on fire. Um, Have you won any money, though? Mm. I uh, Actually... I might have. <laughs> I may have won some money, um, but that's neither here, here, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dope. Like I've been on fire this, and I just gotta pat myself on the back. Get what are, what are those little, those little uh, golf, golf claps, golf claps, golf claps. Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. shouts out to myself, you shouts know what I'm saying? Out to you. And it's a one. reason why you should listen to this show because I happen to know what I'm talking about just a little yeah, bit, yeah, once just a year. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, but yo, that's what I learned this week, man. Y'all can hit us up. Let us know what you've learned this week. Go to at Brains and Bars on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what you learned this week. And we're going to turn over a word. What are you looking forward to, sir? I'm looking forward to. You being wrong about your next prediction because you said 41-31, San Francisco 49ers. I didn't say 41-31. We'll, we'll get into that. What you, what'd you say? 34-31. <laughs> mm-hmm. 34-31. So I'm looking forward to the last few weeks, you know, you know, finally, you know, things becoming normal again and um, <laughs> you being absolutely uh, wrong about that. What else I am looking forward to is I look forward to the Senior Bowl this weekend. Mm, okay. Um, that should be fun. I think uh, quarterback for Oregon is playing. Jalen Hurts is playing. Um, you got uh, who's that running back from Stanford? I forget his name. He's really good. He's playing. And then uh, Juwan Jennings from Tennessee is playing. There's there's a there's a handful of guys I want to pay attention to at the Senior Bowl. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to um, Tennessee plays at Kansas this weekend. Ooh. Okay. Um, which I don't believe it'll be a close game. I think Kansas will win pretty pretty easily. But obviously that's got some interest of mine. And, um, man, I'm looking forward to the week before the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to all the interviews, all the 
just everything. Man. It's gonna like, be fun. Taking it all in. It's gonna be fun. I in. think the Chiefs are gonna be one of those teams that actually kills it at the media. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Media day. Like we have so many different personalities. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously the quarterback, then you got Travis Kelsey who knows what he's gonna say. Yeah. You got Frank Clark who really who knows, knows what he's gonna, gonna say. Right, right. Uh <laughs> Honey Badger, you know, the list goes on and on. Like I feel like Miko Hardman will be good for something to say. Yep. There's yeah. there's a lot of guys on our team, just offense, defense that you just kind of want to hear what they have to say. This is their time to shine, and they're always kind of talking their stuff. So now what better stage to put that on is, you know, Super Bowl, media row, and all that kind of stuff, and just making those rounds. Outside of that, <clears throat> um, I'll be in Tampa this weekend for uh, the URL. Up, uh, it's, I guess it's not an app update card, but it's the app, app card or whatever. Um, so that should be a great event, 11 battles. Um, Over two days, I'm hoping. Two days. Two okay. Day event. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a two day event. <laughs> the concern on his face, <laughs> <laughs> bro. <Bruh, laughs> Eleven battles. We got uh, Chilla Twerk, Danny Myers, Mike P. Um, was it Chess and John John, or is it John John and Wavy, or no, John John and uh, Jerry West? I forget yeah. which. Is it John John and Jerry West? I think. Yes, John John Jerry West. Yeah. O Red and O Red. O Red and Chess. Chess. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's um, J C and Charlie Clips. I mean. It's, this it's a, a lot of great yeah, battles. It's a very, very, absolutely very stacked card. Who's is it? Sugar franchise? I think yes. I think so. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, so that'll be fun to be in Tampa this week and um, spectating, networking, and um, watching battle rap. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I also have a show in Detroit Friday night. So I'm flying to Detroit Thursday, performing Friday night, and then flying to Tampa Saturday and coming back to Kansas City Sunday. So. Should be a fun, <laughs> fun weekend. Hollywood in full effect. <laughs> dope, dope, man. So hit us up online, like I said, at Brands and Bars on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know what you're looking forward to this week. Um, I'm going to jump into one little track. The homie Loso, shout out to the Four Horsemen. He just released, on top of a battle announcement, he just dropped a new, I don't want to. I don't know if it's a single, if it's just, you know, just a Lucy, what this is, but he just dropped a new record called Peace of My Peace. My man called it a Lucy? I was going to say, what's the difference between a single and a Lucy? Uh, a single is something that's going to be on a forthcoming album. Okay. A Lucy is what we call what Drake does, right? When he drops uh, Zero to 100. Who is we? Is that like the music industry calls it that? Yeah. I mean, just about everybody. No right. cause. A Lucy. A Lucy. Yeah, it's just huh. it's just it's just a track that you're just throwing out there. Huh. It's not for a EP. It's not for an album, mixtape. It is literally just a record. Like, so quick side note: I went around gathering all these Drake Lucys that you know, 9 a.m. in Toronto, 5 a.m. in Dallas, 4 p.m. in Calabasas. Like, I grabbed all these Lucys, made my own little thing, and then he comes out and drops like the care package joint. And I'm just like, bruh. Like you could have did that alone. Like I've been going, I've been scouring the internet, finding all these different places to get these records that you dropped. The record he did, well, that's not on here, but the record he did with Soldier Boy, um, like all those little things, Versace hmm. remix, yada yada yada. So these little one-offs that Drake does, they've become come to be known as Lucy's. And so again, Loso, let us know, Lucy, is it a for the album EP? What you doing with it? But anyway. This is new record from Loso, regardless of what we call it, called Piece of Peace. And you listen to It's a Black and White Thing, A1, A Ward, the homie Jarvis Jones, B, aka B Easy, in the building. We'll be right back. In California, a suspect is in custody this morning, accused of killing three white men because of their race. They say the victim in this case endured what could only be described as an extreme form of racism and taunting, and this went on for a few months. Let's just talk about grief rallying around those who lost family members in a historic hate crime. 
21-year-old Dylan Roof allegedly opened fire in one of the most famous black churches in the South. Got a white friend saying that you don't exist because of all this evil. Got a black friend pissed because of slavery that was pressed up on his people. And I keep pointing back to the cross so they see everywhere that they really need you. But it's tough for the soul that's been hurt so their eyes getting covered and I can't see you. These questions they keep on asking it. Why are these bad things happening? To people who's good but that happened once and you volunteer to come basking it. And that's the answer, right? Because every time I see another person suffer, I question if I got the answer right. You do move with a true rule. Everybody knew dudes that knew you, but they gone. Couldn't ever prove to these new dudes with a few moves and then drew dudes to your palm. They say I found a savior that's been found a failure. But bowing to you ain't a yes or no, it's now or later. How do I convince a generation why this storm resides? Because if I'm honest, this doubt is just growing stronger. Why? I lift my hands up just hoping you came to live and die. Yeah, he's been moving up a lot. Yo, so we're back. It's a black and white thing. A1 award, the homie Jarvis in the building. That was Peace of Peace by the homie Loso. Shout out to the Four Horsemen. Um, so let's get into uh baseball. So I consider Jarvis to be our baseball correspondent here on It's a Black and White Thing. I like that. And so um, you know, when the scandal broke out, um, like you were my first, the first person I thought of. Like, I wonder what Jarvis thinks about this. I almost decided to have like a special episode to call you and be like, "Yo, let's just jump on the phone real quick. Let's just chop it up real quick about this about this episode." But I wanted to see it play out a little bit more. And um, you know, I, I've, the story is, I feel like maybe near its conclusion, but not so much. I think there'll be more to come. You know, suspensions handed out. As more people start to talk and more people start to kind of say, well, here's my take on it. Mm -hmm. I think MLB has been reactionary at, at that point of it. You know, most of the teams that have a coach or someone involved that was part of the either the Red Sox or the uh, Astros part of the scandal has been proactive. You saw um, Cora get, you know, Get the Mutu mutually oh, part yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah we don't yeah, want to, yeah. you know, th those types of things. Uh, same thing with Carlos Beltran. But um, my personal opinion on it, I'm a little, I'm a little torn because the technology part of it is, I have, I have problems with it because the other team can't do it. That's what makes it unfair. Mm -hmm. But that's literally where it stops for me. Other than that, like, still in signs is still in signs. I like. We have a 14-year-old, my son, right back here. I help his coaches steal signs in their games. Um, so it's just part of baseball culture. So you you kind of roll with it. But the technology part of it, that's different, different. Because if we're here at Kauffman Stadium doing it, the White Sox don't have access to our same video to do those same things, to pick up on tendencies or anything like that. So that's where it's wrong. But I don't think it's so inherently wrong that you need to ban players or ban coaches or anything like that a healthy suspension i think would good be good but honestly i feel like the two managers that lost their jobs because of this types of thing and i'm talking about aj hinch and then uh cora i feel like they're too good to be let go i i'm kind of like i hope the royals pick up one of them <laughs> I, I, just just being completely honest yeah, as a yeah. baseball fan i just feel like that's something that I could, as a baseball fan, easily overlook. Yeah. But as 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 a baseball fan and a truest, I understand it because it is 
putting a, a horrible, horrible stamp on the game because at the end of the day, it's just it's cheating. Yeah. So for those of you who may not know what we're talking about, um, baseball had a – I mean, this is a pretty huge scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Houston Astros were investigated for using technology to steal signs. Um, they Well, not only technology, but also the rudimentary thing of stealing signs and then relaying that information by beating on a trash can. So there's video floating around the Internet. You'll watch a pitcher. Um, they go through their signs. He accepts the, the sign for the pitch they want to throw. You hear a right before the pitch is thrown, and that lets them know to either lay off the pitch or to— It was a break—they're letting them know that it was a breaking ball coming. Yeah. That was what the trash can bang was for. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I actually sat and watched 45 minutes of those videos, and it didn't really—like, there wasn't, like, a, a huge home run hit or anything like that. It gives you a better guess, but every time you hear that trash can bang, like, it, like Carlos Correa, I will say— he didn't very much take heed to those bangs <laughs> from any of the things that I saw. That's a, that's the, I'll just say that much. I yeah. figured like it, as a as a hitter, it would it would psych me out even more. Like I, I don't necessarily know that I would care like to have that um, advantage. Like to have to tune into the to the trash can bangs, to have to wonder if that's correct, to have to you know you're going through all the things, and then a ball comes at you a hundred miles an hour, and it's like it could be right, it could be wrong, it could break, it could not break. It right. could be a wild pitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, how much of an advantage and is it really? That's where Carlos Correa seemingly failed. I want to say on two of those clips, I saw him strike out with the help of the bang. Mm-hmm. Is because you Darvish is filthy, and yeah. <laughs> his breaking pitch is still going to break better than you can your hand-eye right. coordination. Right. Yeah. So, some of those things, they work. But I'll tell you this much. I will, like, if I don't hear that bang and I'm expecting fastball, some of those major league hitters, well, I would say 95 of those, 95% of those major league hitters are going to put that ball in play and they're going to put it in play a long way. Mm-hmm. So that that that's probably where it more helps is on that fastball, knowing mm-hmm. where that fastball is because that's what you look for as a hitter. You're sitting on that pitch and, you know, it helped them win a championship. I, I will say that. Uh, Jose Altuve was a little bit better at that strategy than, is than this, Carlos Is was. this scandal just as big if, if, if it's not the Astros? No, well, I'll, I'll say this: they they won champion they won a championship off of it, and then the Red Sox with one of the same coaches immediately won a championship right after it. So that's where the big deal comes in right. is with the championship. But I truly believe that most, if not all, teams are doing something right. like this or it's similar like to it. It's like is Deflategate as big as if it's not Tom Brady? If it's not Tom Brady, you right? know what I mean? Just, I mean, it's it's there's that. Like I said, as a baseball fan, I struggle to find out what's wrong with it because. We're always trying to find out right. keys. We're always trying to find out tip off. So I remember back when this was happening, everyone swore it was you, Darvis, and how he was flipping his glove. That's how people thought that they were. He was tipping his pitches. Uh-huh. It that that's what kind of started this whole thing. Was you, Darvis, was kind of like I like how how could I be pitching this bad? I'm I'm on my game. You know the these guys aren't getting the best of me. Throughout this whole entire series, I can't believe I can't remember if he pitched two or three times, two for sure in that series. But I can't remember if he pitched the third time, and he just never had that success. So you would think he would have at least right. one of those times, and it just you you kind of look back at it, and they knew what pitches to take, and you know it just that that gives you a decided advantage, yeah. especially when that other team can't go to their video right. and get those same things. So. And then, then they got a little slick with it, and then they sent those signals out to the second base if there's a runner on second base so that they could throw people off of the scent of banging on the trash can. 
because I feel like a lot of people knew of that. Yeah. And that type of thing. So then they were relaying those things to runners on base. And then runners on base can do different things from turning their back and showing showing the hitter their back, putting their hands on their head. This we've been doing since I was in middle school. If we get the signs, open fist to close fist, one of those two. Yeah. If I have my fist open or closed, I'm giving you fastball, you know, take whatever right. you guys designate those signs to right, be. Right. So, you know, not to give too much away, but his summer league team, when we get up, when we pick up signs, it's, you know, let's go, Connor. If I say your name, then that means a curveball's coming. Mm-hmm. If I say your number, that means a fastball's coming. Did it always work for 13 and 14-year-olds? No, but it gives you that kind of little bit right. higher That's level right. of thinking. Out also, there on, it probably... You know, instill some kind of confidence too in a young batter like Definitely. maybe a 13 or 14 Definitely. year old if, if if he feels like you as a coach or an adult has has a um effectively stolen a sign mm-hmm. then the way he approaches the pitch is like all right i got it. you know what i mean and, he, and he's, he's 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 got the confidence or the the swag to maybe put into it so i could see how that would be now jose altuve this week i believe it was jose altuve he came out and said i've never wore a wire I've yeah. never put anything on because because there's the the technological side of it was saying that, that they were wearing something. He was having like a buzzer under his jersey or something like that. Jersey to where if a ball he could, I don't know how that works. Well, so one was it, if was he gets on base and right? slides, that thing's done right, done like, for right then and there. Um, it's just supposed to have sent a buzz into him, some sort of shock sensor to let him know whatever the pitch is that they yeah. were trying to identify. Yeah, because I heard it was I heard it was fastball. Like I think I I think I saw that if it was a fastball they got a shock to let them know right. like, hey, this is coming, be prepared for it. Because right. I know a lot was made of, you know, him hitting the walk off to send them right. to the World Series. And, and then they were trying to make it as to where he ducked off to get rid of his jersey really quick. And I totally believe him whenever he did that was to make sure that it was gonna go to the Hall of Fame. That's what they do. In any sport, in any scenario, if you do something historic, set some sort of record, they take your your memorabilia immediately. So right. I very well believe that. And then someone with all the other proof that they had was look at the wrinkles in his shirt. That could <laughs> be something under there that's causing his shirt to look that way. So I, you know, I get it. Bang on the trash can. That means curveball time or breaking pitch is coming. Um, that's probably wrong at the very root of it, but. Until you pull all of those teams and, and investigate all of those teams that don't do it, like you know, it's just it kind of is what it is. I'd I'd like to say that you know, the Dodgers, who is like they've seemed to been wronged the most because they are in the World Series because of it. Win more games at home, like you know, like that, that just that to, to me that's a really big part of this is the Dodgers. We don't win enough games at home when you have home field advantage. The other team can't use their field to advantage right. in that way. Not to say that that's a home field advantage that's credible, but right. if you kind of want to just break it down to the s- simplest form, that's a home field advantage. Yeah. yeah. Now, the Yankees said they felt cheated, right? I think the Yankees probably would have beaten the Dodgers that year. I think it was 2017. Yeah, I think they would have won. CeCe's been very game. vocal about it. Yeah. CeCe Zabathia has been very vocal if he, feel, he feels like he was cheated. Um, I've seen people shoot back at him, you know, well, you weren't that vocal when players on your team were using steroids and hmm. they won a championship. Um, and, you know, I guess for me, like, I don't really care. Like, like again, cheating is a part of the game. 
okay, they went a little too far. It's like, is it really cheating? Yeah, it's just like, like you can't, like, no chance they Calipari this thing, right? No, they're not taking banners. They're not taking banners. They would have done it already. They would have. I think now, I wonder if something new comes out. If you want to, if you want to really ruin the game of baseball, you take those championships away. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's watching after that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, I think if they were to find out that that wire, you know, conspiracy theory turned out to be true. They might talk about taking banners at that point. I think, I think it'd be I think, on the table. I think it'd be more likely that players get banned. Yeah. Or something like that. Maybe maybe they've they might they might vacate. But see, I don't know if you can ban them though. Yeah, for sure. Why? It's not a it's not like it's like the, the cheating the you know, so, ask so Pete Rose, Rose thing. But, but that was on the wall. And he bet on himself. He wasn't <laughs> but, even like cheating. He was just like, Hey, I'm gonna be good this game. Yeah. But so. that was on the walls in the clubhouse. Don't gamble on the game was is for sure. is a written rule. Mm-hmm. This is a unwritten rule, right? Like there is there is no I know they I'm had the pretty memo. Sure there's something they in there the that memo. says you can't use technology to your advantage. Right. They had the memo after the Red Sox cell phone scandal. Mm-hmm. Of hey, do not use technology. There will be harsh penalties. But I feel like the only people who suffered have been the managers and the GMs. So if you're a player, like what's what is to deter you from doing this again? Because AJ Hinch apparently found out about it. You know, beat up beat up the monitors, and the monitors were up again soon after he right. took a bat to him. So if if I'm AJ Hinch first, I'm a little pissed. Like like, and the reason I say I'm pissed yeah, is because I don't think he should have lost his job. But. Well, there's like this code of silence, right? A lot of people are critis- critical of Mike Fires, who was the one who talked to the athletic. Yeah, yeah, as the whistleblower and saying, like, you shouldn't have done that. You've broken the code of silence. You you have betrayed your brothers. You betrayed your teammates. And so it's like, what are you to do? Like, if you're a manager and you see this happening, you tell your team to stop it. They continue to do it. Like, what are you to do as a manager? Are you going to blow the whistle on your own team but but then lose the team? There's There's... I, I would say this. There is one or okay, I guess I should say it this way. There is zero percent chance AJ Hinch didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I mean, but they said he they said they said he knew. They said he knew and they said he destroyed so in the investigation they yeah, said he no. destroyed the TV. The T or the TVs and they were back like the next because, day. Because those those are like yeah, he can destroy them all they want, but those are company items that they're going to replace. Like that's just for show. Like they need, they use those replays for, they, they use that technology for evil and not what it was actually intended for. It wasn't like they just brought in something because they thought. Understood. Because I want to say this, this was first kind of brought about, and it wasn't with one of their organizations. I want to say maybe the White Sox organization or no Tony Larusa. Matter of fact, is what I read that he kind of had this idea even back in the nineties. Of like using the videotape to like get signs like the technology obviously isn't the same as it is today where you can get it almost real time and then you know you get you can relay that Mm -hmm. you know before the next at bat or anything like that but just using that tape to pick up on tendencies if you're playing a series against someone it whatever they do in game one might be super useful in game five if you have that recorded and you're using those tapes like is that the same thing as using it real time? No, but I'm pretty sure that's the spawn of it. You know right, what I mean? Right, so right. The, the, it's been done, I'm sure. And then just how you kind of evolve from there along with technology is really all that we're really kind of talking about so at, the, at the end of the day. if you were commissioner, would you have suspended any other players? Um, yeah. Okay. Any yeah, in particular? Yeah. Um, Based on this – 
if there was something egregious, like if the buzzer was being worn, Jose Altuve's got to go. He's got he's got to go at that point in time. But how do you really suspend everyone? You know, do you you can't really bring up the po- triple A team. You can't really <laughs> postseason ban the Red Sox or you know yeah. something like that. Like it, it, the Red Sox go out and win ninety six to one hundred games next year. Like, do the Yankees who are in second place just get to go to the playoffs or, you know, win that division or something like that? How do you really lay down these punishments for something that's really has no precedence at all being being set? So I would try to find a way to do it if there was egregious kind of penalties yeah. that are being taken place. But if you're just kind of going within the flow of what you've normally done with baseball, which is relaying those signs... That's that's kind of what you're taught. That's what I mean. I, I teach my kid the same thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Anything else you want to say on the scandal? I wish it wasn't a scandal. It's such a dirty word. Yeah. It's a dirty word. Yeah, I'm just glad we didn't put a gate to it. The integrity um, of baseball is like, I mean, it's, it's been shot. Yeah, it's been shot. So like, when you have these things as a baseball fan, you're just like, God, it's the last thing we do. Is a, yeah, because you know I mean? now it's just another reason why people don't want to watch this right. because they feel like it's 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 predetermined or you know like it's. And you have to ask yourself, like, on the flip side, what are they doing to make people want to watch it more? Are there anything, or is it just like you know, gradually? <laughs> so I remember we. This was a subject of me like coming yeah, on once before, yeah. and I feel like some of those same things—the flair of the game—it yeah, just, yeah. it just, it dampens a Can lot we get of that, that stuff. Bunt contest over here. <laughs> they got, that? they got to do you, something. There's a, a nice base Instead running, of like the uh, home run derby, like I guess over in Japan, Japan or, or Korea. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. They, oh well. So those are types of things. As a former college baseball player, those are the types of things that we used to do to get out of running. And different things like that, bunt contests That's and different things. And our coach would set up targets on each uh-huh. um, on each baseline, and you bunt within those targets. So it's, I mean, it's very possible. And I mean, I would say as our practices, they were like, you know, they got pretty hyped. I don't know what you would do if you put, you know, a bunch of fans in there. That's you know, right. I, I don't know how you make that interesting, <laughs> you know, for something like that. But like uh, for, for the people and yeah, for the people involved, it's it's a great game. And knockout is always fun. Oh, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I've never had a bad time playing knockout but could you set that around like right you know the all-star game right i don't, I don't know that they could do right. that so all right cool cool actually for me this actually makes me a little bit more interested in the game because now i want to see how the astros perform um i want to see i mean obviously the the red sox now with i don't know if they've even named a manager yet um, i don't think they have anyone yeah. in place yet and did i know they were talking about showalter for houston did that happen I don't think any any of the teams have made a move as okay. far as replacing their right, uh, right. their manager yet. So I mean, you know, I'm interested to see how those teams perform, um, especially now the spotlight's going to be on them. When you're talking about these two teams in particular, though, they still have the best players on their teams, so I feel like that it'll, it'll kind of play out that way. Um, managers most of the time have to just try to stay out of the way. You have your philosophies, and then for 162 games, you roll it out and. You try to go by that philosophy, but for the most part, like when the Royals were on their run, Ned Yost, he's famously said, I just try not to mess it up. You know, at that point in time, they we had a nickname for what they had. Like, all he had to do was manage up until the sixth inning, and then it was HDH. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, don't screw that up <clears throat> yeah. at that point. So, 
right. and then the Dodgers they still have Dave Roberts, so he's uh, he's there and he 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 screws it up for them every single time. He is he's not a, a manager. Dave fan. He is he's a manager who gets in the way of his talented <laughs> team almost every time. So the you know, Jerry Jones of baseball, it, it's just he does it somehow, some way. He will man, he will outmanage himself. And it's just like, what, that is funny. Yeah, what, what are you doing, bud? I like, almost called you multiple times during the World Series last year. Almost multiple cause times. Because you, you, like, we, we've seen that story before. So, you know, the Dodgers, they'll get it right one of these times. All right, man. Y'all let us know what y'all think about this cheating scandal. Is it a, is it a scandal? Is it really cheating? Did the, did the Astros go too far? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, at Brains and Bars. Let us know what you think. Coming up, uh, we're going to get into the NFC and AFC title games. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to get into this record by the homie, the saga. Shout out to the Four Horsemen. This is a Four Horsemen type night. Um, this track is called Legend, and you tune into It's a Black and White Thing with A1, A Ward, and Jarvis. Yeah, crazy, crazy. That was the homie the saga with uh Legend. Um again, another Lucy, because I don't know if this is well, Legend is on uh Ruin Your Day Volume Three, I believe. So um so shout out to uh Ruin Your Day, shout out to that team, shout out to that record. Um, all right, so let's get into it. We're gonna start with uh NFC title game because we know what we're all here to talk about after that. Um, 49ers, I mean, basically do what they did the first time to the Packers, beat them handily, win 37 to 20 in that game. Um, they put up the exact same amount of points in this one as the first matchup. It was over at halftime, essentially, uh, me being a sports pessimist and a Niners fan. I wanted to, I'm never saying a game is over until all zeros are on the clock and it's done. Um, uh, but I felt pretty confident once we got to halftime and it was 24, nothing, um, I think it was twenty seven nothing. Yeah, I think you're right. It was twenty seven. It yeah. was it was utter domination. It was utter domination and um, you know, they just got the Packers number, especially in the playoffs. The Packers um have faced them, I believe three times for sure during that Rogers era. I don't know if they faced them a second time, um it was the, the one year Ka- after the Super Bowl. The one where Kaepernick gashed them for like 180. 181. That was, that yeah. was the one for sure. And I thought uh-huh. they might have played them one more time where they won by a field goal. Mm-hmm. They did because that yeah. was in Lambeau. That one was in Lambeau. That first time 
uh, was at San Francisco, second time at Lambeau. So Aaron Rodgers, since like 2012, is 0-4 against the Niners in the playoffs. Well, What's I also that? read a stat that said that he uh, that he's lost four or five games and with his offense scoring 37 points or more. Yes. Oh, so yeah, in the playoffs, yeah, he's yeah. he's like he's the, Aaron Rodgers is not losing them games. Right, right. right. And a lot of and a lot of his losses, um, they have been not his fault. Like you said, they put up a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, one of the more famous ones is the Hail Mary game against Arizona. The he Cardinals, throws a Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, and then on the first possession, Carson Palmer scrambles, finds Larry Fitzgerald, who almost takes it to the house. Oh, very next play, shovel pass, ball game. Um, he's lost a couple of overtime games like that where he never got to see the ball. So um, this, I mean, what else? I, I said it when the playoffs started, that home field advantage was important for the 49ers because they were going to be very hard to beat at home. Um, and I felt like the team best suited to give them the best game got eliminated Same. by the Vikings in the uh, wild card round. And, uh, I mean, it's – I mean, shout out to them. You know, I – People have asked me, you know, are you torn, right? I live in Kansas City. I root for the Chiefs to do well. Um, I am a supporter of the Chiefs. I wouldn't say a fan, even though I was telling Jarvis uh, when we when we first got here, like, no team causes me stress like the Chiefs. <laughs> um, since I've had my son, my wife was like, you have to mellow out. You can't be yelling and throwing stuff and hitting walls and stuff. And so, like, when I watch my teams play, yes, Cotton, I hit the wall. I hit walls sometimes. Um <laughs> Back in my time, back in my you day. You punch Not drywall even, too? No, I, <laughs> I thought that was just our thing. I don't punch. I don't punch. I don't punch because I'm not that crazy. But I have like really hurt my hand with my ring on, like slapping the wall really That's hard, funny. and like my hand, like my ring finger, just like yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Um, but you know the Chiefs, like they frustrate me so much. In part Yo, I'm because gonna, I'm, I got breaking news. Right? What's that? You're a fan, bro. I'm not a fan, <laughs> like, bro. Like, I'm not I, I mean, a fan. You sound, you sound like a Chiefs fan. Like, I just throw it out there. Because I've always said I'm a supporter of the Chiefs because I don't have an emotional attachment to it. It does not. So like, let me let so, me but let me explain why though. So everything you're over here like talking about like, you know, like, man, I just I, I have a sore throat and my nose is running and I get fevers. <laughs> but I but do I'm not, not sick though. <laughs> you know what I mean? But listen, but listen, here's the thing though, it's because I live here. Like, if I was in Chicago, it would be the same thing. If I was in Green Bay, it would be the same thing. And it's because when when the Chiefs lose, I feel bad for all of my Chiefs fan friends. Like, it hurts me Don't to see them give yourself least, a big heart. Well, well, I, 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 I will say fan. this much. I will say this much. I at least commend you. You're not one of those weird people who lives here but hates the Chiefs. Right, right, like right, that, right. To me, I, nah, I, nah, nah, nah. most people, like, when they try to explain that to me, that's generally our last conversation that right. we ever because it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right, right. But Listen, just, I'm a Cubs fan, so with the Royals, like I was living and dying with each pitch, and when they clinched, when they finally, when they got the final out and they won the World Series, like I'm on Facebook, like I'm celebrating with with Royals fans. I'm yep. watching people on the plaza Listen, honk horns. Yeah, but when the Cubs won. Like, again, I was pretty calm there. Well, again, I'm a sports pessimist. So, with my teams, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So, I can't, like, you will rarely ever see me celebrate in the moment especially, until I know it's done. Especially oh, no, no. Cubs I have video of him celebrating uh, after the well, game. Well, no. The cu- oh, the I, Cubs, I, didn't, I didn't. I wasn't hype. You no. Know, I was not hype. <laughs> he, I did, uh, he did, like, a freaking. Uh, I did, like, a fist pump, and that was it. I yeah. feel like, as a Cubs fan, though, what was that, 108? Yeah, 108. I feel like that was a little go crazy yeah, was yeah. warranted. Listen, no, listen. I mean, you're a fan. You're a fan of both teams. The last time I cried was over the Cubs. That was 03. The last time I've ever cried over a sporting event was 03. Yeah. yeah you're and definitely a, you're a, you're a fan a man, of both teams. A man had to go missing 
for <laughs> because of that. So I mean, so but to get back to get back to the Niners, like I said, I will let me tell you something. You say I'm a fan when the Super Bowl gets here. You better believe I'm going to be rooting for one team and one team only. Yeah, you'll be rooting for the for the team that you're more a fan of. Anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> So, like I said, with this team, I trust everything. If you've heard me talk about the Niners, I said it since the start of the season. I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I have um, said for months now, I trust everything around Garoppolo. I trust the coaches. I trust the defense. I trust um, the skill players. I trust the line. But when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, when he cocks his right arm back to throw a pass, my heart skips several beats because I do not know if he's going to throw it to a niner or directly to a defender. Question. Would, do you want the, the, the 49ers to win 49 to nothing? Uh, you're a fan of both teams. Hold on, you <laughs> you're only a fan of one team. You want them to beat the tar. <laughs> Hold on. So here's the thing. <laughs> probably, I say probably yes because then Chiefs fans get put out of the misery, right? Like if oh, you, so now there's no empathy, there's no compassion for the place that you live. You want them to die terribly. I mean, because it, to me, a blowout is always better than a loss, than a close loss, because a close loss you get to agonize over every little decision and every little random bounce that doesn't go I'm speaking for myself like if you ask me which would you rather have the Niners do lose 34-31 or lose 51-0 I'm gonna go 51-0 because 51-0 I could just sit back and be like look it's done it's been a good run I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to stress about it a field goal to win the game like it's just like come on man like dang it Garoppolo why did you have why didn't you do this Shanahan why didn't you do this how come the deep like your my mind. I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. My mind starts running through all the things that could have happened, that should have happened, the decisions that were and were not made, and then that's just that to me is more agonizing. So I would always prefer if if you're going to lose, just blow me out and get it, get me out of my misery. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I mean, come come that Friday when I'm at work, I'm going to have on my Niners shirt when I go to church that Sunday, and it's going to be a sea of. Whatever color red KC is, you have you see me with like a burgundy and gold, and it's gonna be like, yeah, what's up? What we doing? What's popping? <laughs> we here now. You know what I'm saying? So again, I'm not trying to talk no serious trash. Like I want to be friendly. I'm not trying to get serious like that. Because again, like I said, I live in this city, and I've I moved here in '94. Um, that was the year Joe Montana had the great comeback against the Steelers. They end up losing the AFC title game. I've seen the Lynn Elliott game. I've seen the no punt game. I've seen the 28-point Indy lead. I've seen uh, holding the Steelers to no touchdowns and still lose. Like, I've, I've watched the ghost of Phillip Gaines. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I've watched all these things happen to the city. And so I'll, it would be cool to see them celebrate a championship. Like, it would be cool. But, again, if my team – wins i'm, just like, oh, I'm so sorry guys what, what i take from his monologue there was a lot of us and them yeah so, i mean but that's how i look so, at it so, so no just you're, you're, you've made it very clear what side of this you're on and I, I can appreciate that as long as there's no hate i i admire the 49ers i'm in no way a fan um i think that they're you know a historic or organization and things of that nature there's a lot of things i like about them um we get a lot of their retread quarterbacks, if not all of them. Yeah, um, a whole heck of a lot of them. It, um, maybe Montana. Who no, knows? We, we, we just Gerba. hadn't had. We just hadn't had Kaepernick. I feel like it's easier to name the ones we haven't had. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kaepernick and maybe some, you know, just offshoot ones here or there. Oh, and then Steve Young. Those are the only two that I feel like 
in their prominence we hadn't had come through this this side of the uh, the AFC uh, over the here. The goat, so. Jeff Garcia. <laughs> Jeff, oh, yeah, it's that Jeff Garcia. Yeah, yeah. So here's the last thing I say about the Niners. I do have to give credit where credit is due. I was very critical of John Lynch um, being paired as a GM with, with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, but you look at the job they've done, they've hit on a lot of you know good things. They have, they've invested heavily in the offensive line. Um, well, I shouldn't, the defensive line, actually. They have four first-round draft picks. Um, getting D Ford, who has been a a good signing for the team, getting Quan Alexander at middle linebacker, getting Richard Sherman, um, even guys like well, he wasn't a a a, uh, a draft pick of uh, John Lynch, but working out, making guys like Jakarski Tart Tart work out, um, Jimmy Ward, who seemed like he was going to be bust, getting him to work out, and it did not look that nah, way for the first mean. three or four years. It didn't look like that was going to be a, a good a good pick. So they've invested heavily in the defensive line. They got oh, Mike man. McGlinchey. Um, they've they've done a good job. Like I have oh, to give credit where credit is due. Really what are you talking about? Manuel freaking oh. Mosley. <laughs> oh, well, Tennessee. Hey, you know, listen. Hopefully, he undrafted. I think, I think he's gonna be one of those key, key to the games. You said you said my my key to the game of like the X factor of like how's how's this gonna play out? It's Quan Alexander. I think he's like kind of yeah. like low key. Like what if if him and Travis Kelsey have that duel? I, I'm kind of left wondering who's going to win. Yeah, and Drake Greenlaw is a rookie. Um, is also very good, but they'll be able to get Quan Alexander fully healthy. He hadn't been playing all the snaps that he normally would if he were 100%, and so he should be ready to go in two weeks. Um, I think uh, uh, your man Acho, um, Emmanuel, had, mm-hmm. a, had a tweet. He was like, unpopular opinion, like this 49ers, I think he said the offense is fast. Um, and I went, well, they're not Chiefs. F-. He said they're as fast as the Chiefs. Yeah, that's what he said. Unpopular opinion. They're and I fast. said they're not as fast as the Chiefs, but I do think this will be the speediest offense they have seen this year. I went through their schedule and looked. Uh, Raheem Mostert is incredibly fast. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders still has some quicks to him. Um, and that's where it stops. Um, but Kittle, 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 Debo, Debo is fast and will run over. Here, here's here's my thing, but and it, it's the 49ers offense. They have a lot of misdirection. It, it's 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 east and west. Yeah, they have a lot of that. So then when they get going north and south, I feel like they look faster than everyone else mm. because that change of direction. Like when Moser puts his foot in the ground. It's nine times out of ten, you're looking at Debo Samuel running the other way. Or what I really like about their run game is I feel like they do the reverse play action fake. I've I've literally never seen that until this year, Kyle Shanahan, where they are faking that screen or whatever, and it's almost assuredly a handoff to that outside zone run. I feel like that's just I don't know. I tweeted about it months ago, mm-hmm. and now we're playing against them, and I don't like that I tweeted that about it. <laughs> because I'm like, I feel like I, hopefully Andy Reid saw my tweet or saw this game <laughs> or something so that we can be able to stop this because uh, I just feel like the the way that they play those like those games with you know the linebackers, whoever it is, is kind of covering those wide receivers in motion and stuff like that. That's where that speed comes in. Most are just super fast, but – I just feel like player for player, they're no, they're not as fast as the Chiefs on offense. Um, I think defensively, I do think that obviously their front line can can they still be can they still win their matchups on the D line um, and get pressure without having to blitz heavily? Although they do like the blitz, they're like the best Um, best blitzing team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do like the blitz, but can they still get pressure with those front four guys? Can they make life for Mahomes tough that way, keeping those linebackers on Kelsey? on these slot guys and trying to make life difficult. We'll see. We'll see. But 
so that's my my take on the Niners. Um, let's jump into the game we want to do, and we'll close it out here. Um, AFC title game, Titans Chiefs. Um, I mean, a, a, kind of a carbon copy of what happened last or two weeks ago, right? They start off slow, and then from the first quarter on, it is all Kansas City. Um, and I have to give Tennessee credit. Like I know some people have been critical of them uh, of their defensive game plan, but I feel like they they did the best they could do. Uh, maybe they blitz a little bit more, but I think Mahomes, I feel like it was a chess match, right? It was, hey, we're going to do this. And as soon as you do this, then the Chiefs just said, okay, we'll adjust. Okay, now we're going to rush three. We're not going to rush four. Okay, now we're just running the ball. Okay, now we're going to line up man to man. We're going to try to blitz you. Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I know Thompson didn't catch the ball, but he had the hot route, hot route ready, right? Then he hits Watkins for the touchdown. Oh, you mean basically the one where he hit him like in the back? In the back. Like he. <laughs> Again, like Darwin Thompson is terrible. I, 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 can't stand, I can't stand that dude. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but he is. But I mean, like, I feel like every time they had something dialed up, the Chiefs were like, "Okay, cool, we see what you did. We got something better." Like it was just there was nothing the Titans could do once they figured them out. Um, and yeah. I felt like that was the ball game. So I, w- I actually wasn't able to watch the game. So. Oh yeah, you were flying. You were flying. Yeah. My so bad, my so bad. so I, I kind of think um, I know I that you people, my NFL logging so you can watch the replay. People yeah. people talk about this, and I, I was talking about this at the barbershop today. Um, I liken the Chiefs and how they play to a Floyd Mayweather fight. Those first four rounds, you're kind of sitting there thinking like, "Oh man, this dude's gonna really get Floyd." And then the next eight rounds, it is just domination. surgical yeah. domination. And I yeah. feel like that's kind of where the Chiefs happen. Now we might. Heaven forbid, go down twenty four points. You know, and not, not ideal, not right, ideal. Right, but right. everyone was kind of harping on our slow start. I didn't feel like we were starting off slow. I feel like we were just waiting on that adjustment to because I feel like they just knew, like they can't jump out to a twenty four point lead on us. Right, that's not going to happen with them. Nor do I think really Tennessee is trying to or want to. And it's, I think they were trying to shorten the game up, not give us a bunch of possessions to really get back into it based on what happened last last week with you know their divisional rival and stuff like that so i just think that that adjustment is where the game is going to kind of lie with the 49ers moving forward it's just can we make that adjustment in enough time to where the game can be good it's you know i don't necessarily think the chiefs need to start off fast or you know, have to get off to a fast start as much as the other teams have to do that with us but and here's the thing. Here, media narratives are really powerful because I've seen all across. You know, I've watched. I've seen clips. I haven't watched full shows of First Take or First Things First or you know, uh, Nash- undisputed, undisputed. Yeah, like, saying, yeah. like people act as if the Titans abandoned the run game because they just didn't believe it anymore. No, go watch the third quarter. The Chiefs get off. They make. They move the ball a little bit. They punt it away. They tried running the ball in that first possession. They get to third and one. First of all, they, they stopped. couldn't get five yards. Is they what stopped. It was. <laughs> right. They stopped Derrick Henry, but then they had the holding penalty. They had to throw. When the Chiefs got the ball back, they kept the ball the rest of the quarter. Yeah, right. They got the ball with about maybe eight minutes left, either eight or seven minutes left. They held the ball the rest of the quarter. They scored the touchdown early fourth quarter. Now they're down right. eleven. Like you can't. You can't just go, okay, we're just going to keep pounding the ball with Henry. Because if you take six, seven, eight minutes, now the Chiefs have the ball again. Okay, you've gotten it back to four. 
You haven't stopped this team in over a quarter. I do think, though, that Vrabel should not have punted that ball in that fourth. I think it was like the fourth quarter or something like that. There was a punt that it was just like it was weird that they well, punted they that football. Yeah. If they took a sack, though, that, I, I, I think that's. I think had he had they just had he been able to get rid of the ball and it was still like fourth and maybe I think it's like fourth and five or six something like that. They probably he took like a six yard loss. It's not, but it's not like you have another game after this. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> and then they scored, and then the next possession they scored a touchdown, and when they scored that that touchdown, I said ball game. It's, it's over. It was over. Yeah, I was like, there's no way they're going to make up 18 points in I think there was like maybe seven minutes left, six seven minutes right. left. So that was ball they game. They come at down that and point. got that quick touchdown or whatever, but you know, at that point, like you said, it's too it's too late. Of a league, yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, you know, like media narratives are crazy. Like so, the uh, the Chiefs scored. It was ten nothing, right? And then it was seventeen seven. Seventeen. So it was ten nothing. Scored twenty eight after that straight. No, twenty one. Twenty one. So it was it was ten nothing, then ten seven, then seventeen seven, and then the Titans didn't score again. No, I guess it is twenty eight. No, 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 no. They were they were up. Dang, they did score twenty eight straight. Yeah, because the Titans scored last, right? Right. The Titans scored last. They scored last. Yeah. So they put up twenty eight straight after being down seventeen seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't even able to follow it on my phone or anything. I just heard the final score. So Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, they had to abandon the run. They couldn't give the ball to Henry anymore. They had to become a passing team. And when you play, I'm going to make a college basketball analogy, this Wisconsin style, we're going to ground and pound. Like, it puts you in a position where you cannot come back if you get down by any point. And the problem was, as long as the Chiefs continued to score, I feel like it was going to make it hard for them to continue to run the ball. Because if you once the Chiefs get the lead, yeah. it kind of takes you out of that pounded mindset. Because now you're you're shortening the game for yourself. I, I, I mean, honestly, after Patrick Mahomes made that run right before halftime, I feel like everyone in that stadium knew the game was over. We still got 30 minutes left to play, but it was like that was you've tried everything that you've like you could. You've thrown it to your tackle eligible. You know, you've run you run your you run your you run your um your your wildcat with Derrick Henry and now their quarterback is running for 27 yards on one of the best plays in NFL history. Yeah, that like, you play, know, it's just that like play that, was crazy. It's man. just one of those things where like how about the and then the, yeah, the head, the head fake, the, 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 the hezzy on the you know it just some of those things it was it was really deflating as even like I, I not felt bad for the times but I'm like like what so, are you supposed to do so that that's how it like on the other side of it yeah as a Chiefs fan I'm like oh so that's what it's like playing when, the Warriors when when Antonio Brown has one bounce off of the defender's shoulder and then catches it for a touchdown. Like that's what that feels like. Yeah. I just it was one of those things where it was super noticeable, and I feel like if Lamar Jackson was on on the sideline, he would have put his head down and did the thing that the Titans, you know, when when he got all discouraged after his second interception or whatever, he was visibly shook. I feel like that was the whole Titans team. And speaking of Lamar Jackson, Chiefs fans, please, please listen to me. I mm, said this mm. on Facebook. Please stop feeding into this into these fights about who's the better quarterback, Mahomes or Jackson. It is Mahomes. It is this is not up for debate right now. The media is doing this for clicks and conversation. 
they're doing this because they've got to rev up a rivalry between Lamar and and Mahomes. They need a Brady Manning 2.0, and they're they're trying to knock Mahomes back a peg by using the look at his receivers argument, look at his skill position. Yes, skill position matters. You still got to throw the ball. Um, the Chiefs had I, the point I've made is the Chiefs had Alex Smith with Kelsey Hill and a running game in Hunt, and what did it get them? It did not get them to the Super Bowl. It didn't even get them to the AFC title game. Your Who your quarterback is does matter. And even though I am big, even though I think that we overhype the position of quarterback um, at times, like who your quarterback matters. And right now, the Chiefs have Emma Holmes and no one else does. Like that's that's the long and short of it. And it's the it's the most concern for me as a, a Niners fan is, we the got the best player in the Super Bowl is Patrick it's Mahomes. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, and we got the anti-Pat starting at quarterback. Who is the second best player in the Super Bowl? Got to be Kelsey. I said Kelsey or Kittle. I think Kelsey's. So we, I, we were having this conversation with Loso. I think if you look at the traditional position tight end, how we've always known it, Kittle is the best tight end in the game because he, he block, he's a right. blocking monster. But in terms of catching and route running and Yards after catch, like to me, it's it's Kelsey by hair. Yards after catch, I, 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 I George Kittle is but they, gonna go. Yeah, no, like, but they, but I they, like that dude. Like, Kelsey yards steps after backward catch. three yards every time he catches but the they ball. Put, but they put Kittle in position to do that, right? Like I, they put they they'll run a tight end screen. I or, haven't seen Kelsey really drag anybody lately. Or lower <laughs> lower his shoulder. Uh, uh, there was one play. Oh no, he against the Texans. Yeah, but he's he's a he's a finesse player. George Kittle is much better after the catch than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Right, I, but you but I'm. That's one part. But who I'm just would I saying, rather be throwing to? Kelsey. Yeah. I'm just saying when you look at, like I said, we factor in the blocking. Okay, yards have to catch. I'll give you Kelsey. But I feel like in route running and everything else, route running Kelsey. I'll give that to Kelsey. So I think, like I said, you get, it's close, but it's by here. Gotcha. Um, I would think if you go third best player, would you go Kittle? I'd go Nick Bosa. I was gonna say either Bosa or Chris Jones because Chris Jones that. is or, Chris Jones is a monster, man. I, I, I'm sorry, I've been disrespecting my guy Tyreek Hill. You got to – he's got he's in there. But see, oh, I, I feel like you got to – what about Richard Sherman? You got – He doesn't – he plays his own the whole time. No. Right. And, <laughs> and he doesn't – he doesn't follow – I I think – I think they're going to have to do something with Richard Sherman as far as – I saw him do it a little bit. I don't know if it was in the – I think it was – was it – was he following Thielen or Diggs? I mean, he ain't really following either one of them. So well, they did the there, Packers game. There was a game. couple of plays, yeah, though. Yeah, I mean, where they, it looks like they're trying to do I it because they they, they want to put in the mind of the defense of the of offense because they did it in the Packers game, right? He right. followed uh, Devontae for like the first couple, couple of, plays. of plays, and I feel like you know, you Sammy Watkins will take his own self out the game, but I feel like that's where that matchup is. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm being honest. Like, I, you don't need Richard Sherman to take him out of the game a lot of times. It, or a corner of that ability, but I feel like that's kind of the matchup, and then you're just going to do- roll coverage over to Tyreek, and you know you're you're constantly doubling Listen, him. Th- and then, these are not these are then, my, these are not my headaches. To and, deal and, with. Well, and then, and then and then you have that one on one matchup of I think Quan Alexander versus Travis Kelsey. I think that's what it'll kind of boil the, down. That's to. the one I'm interested in seeing of how they play Kelsey because I mean basically every not everything runs through Kelsey, but. Everything runs through Kelsey. He's such a factor, right? Like how you choose to guard him determines how everyone else is basically guarded. So, I'll so then, so then from there, I feel like is it just like 
and it, it's it's tough to say, but I, I feel like I trust this with Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman being able to make plays. Like I don't think y'all have any answers for him uh, or either one of those two guys if they get open. I don't think if you go by that plan, especially if you're doubling Tyreek Hill, I don't think that they like. I don't think y'all secondary is deep like that. I'll, it's I'll not. It's not. Listen, Akella Witherspoon has uh, Philip Gaines vibes. He he I, he He's was he was disappointed. He was very disappointing. Like they um, they. I think they ruined that young man's confidence after that Stephon Diggs touchdown, and then he just really didn't see the field anymore. I, I mean, nah, they was picking on him after the touchdown too. They, yeah, but, they was he was being I picked feel, on. But I feel in like the game they. That. I feel like they took him out and put Mosley in and then he was just kind of spot in certain nickel situations and then he was getting picked on because I feel like it was just in his head he's if they would have left him out there I he's like the he mark right. like he's the like if I see him in the game something is going terribly wrong it is going all I mean but when the Chiefs wrong. run four wide like they they're he's gonna have to play they better find they gonna probably bring Ward up to play slot um, we, I, I thought you already read that book with Ward that's why he moved to safety anyway but I, I Hold on, I, so there's two wards no, in the Super it's a, Bowl? It, it, oh, oh, yeah, Traverius Ward and then... Uh, I'll tell you man, what, man. It's just a good... This is a good game, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Good representation. <laughs> this is a good game. I just need... I needed both jerseys. Put Somebody both. asked me, are you going to get like a half Chiefs half... I mean, get on my face mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that. I mean, you're a fan mm-hmm. of both teams. I'm not a fan of both teams, bro. <laughs> All right, anything else y'all want to say about this game before we get out of here? Uh, nope. I'd like to prematurely graduate, uh, like go ahead and just congratulate, congratulate yeah. the, the the Kansas City Chiefs on winning uh, <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl Fifty Four. Uh, you know, that's that's what I predictions. Like you already said yours is thirty four thirty one. Um, I got the Chiefs late field goal, Butker. I don't know what the score will be. Probably thirty eight, thirty five, something like that. You know, I like that. I like yeah. that. Um, I'll go Chiefs. Uh, let's do something random. I'll say thirty two twenty six. Okay, so here's what I will say in closing. And there's a safety. Somehow oh a gosh. safety happens. Here's what I say in closing. I do think every time we have one of these high-profile, top defense, top offense matchups, um, it has favored the defense. Maybe the maybe the team with the best defense doesn't always win, but I do think that they create a lot of headaches and a lot of problems for the top offensive team. Um, and the X factor in this game is going to come down. To me, the X factor is Garoppolo. They're going to have to trust him to. He can't. He's not going to throw the ball eight times again. They're not. The forty nine. not going to let that happen. Yeah, they're no. not going to bludgeon them with the run. And so Garoppolo is going to. He is the most important player in this game because it is going to be put in his in his hands at some point. Um, and will he play like he did in the Saints game, or will he look like he did in that first Seattle matchup on that final drive, where like he was terrified and almost threw three game ending interceptions. We'll see. So, um, y'all let us know what y'all think. Hit us up at Brands and Bars. Who y'all got in the Super Bowl? Am I a fan of both teams? I say no. They say yes. Um, Who you got and why? Hit us up at Brands and Bars on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Shout out to Jarvis. Shout out to A-Ward. Shout out to Cotton May. Shout out to the homie B. I appreciate all of y'all. I appreciate you, the listener. Continue to listen. Continue to give us feedback. And um, we will talk to y'all maybe next week. I don't know. A-Ward's on a world tour all over the freaking country. So who knows if we'll have a show next week. But until next time, we will holler at y'all. It's been a black and white thing. We'll holler at y'all, man. Deuces.